It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Reconnective Healing Practitioner, Sound Therapist, and Positive Psychology Practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where we are streaming to you live as we do every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, our chat room is open, so feel free. You know the routine to go to the chat room and check out what's happening online, have a discussion, go ahead and post your questions. We'll do our best to get them on air. And if you are driving around, please use Bluetooth. You can alternatively call in to 347 if you cannot stay on your PC where you are right now. So feel free to do that, but please use your Bluetooth. Let me ask you people a question. 
Are you happy? Really? Really happy? How do you define happiness? What makes you happy? There's been an awful lot of discussion around happiness of late. Heck, I just completed my positive psychology certification, which is steeped in happiness. It has literally become a part of science, and for a very good reason, which we will be addressing later this evening. Tonight, my guest is Amy Sherman. For more than two decades, Amy has been working in the helping field, inspiring others to live their best life. And she has a master's degree in counseling and psychology from Vermont College, and she's worked with individuals and couples who are struggling with personal and professional issues that have kept them from the happiness and joy that that they deserve, just as we all do. Amy founded Baby Boomers Network as a resource for boomers to transition through midlife using the healthiest, most effective coping skills. And as a boomer herself, she is aware of the special issues boomers face, and she is committed to helping others reinvent themselves so they can reach their ideal goals. Amy, along with her sister, Rosalind Sadaka, who joined us on the show earlier this year, they co-authored a book called 99 Things Women Wish They Knew Before Dating After 40, 50, and Yes, 60. And Amy herself is the author of the ebook Distress-Free Aging, A Boomer's Guide to Creating a Fulfilled and Purposeful Life. And the 10 strategies that are outlined in that ebook offer boomers a guideline for transforming their, their thinking towards success, fulfillment, and achieving their desired goals. And in addition, Amy co-created both an 8-hour as well as a 12-hour anger management course for divorced and divorcing co-parents to help them cope during this difficult life transition. So Amy's done an awful lot of work in this area. And she's been awarded first place winner of the 2009 Victorious Woman of the Month Award. She is also a contributing columnist to basilandspice.com, the Baby Boomer News, and the Boomer Authority. Plus, she is an expert advisor for parentalwisdom.com and a blogger for evancarmichael.com and jenningswire.com. So she's really busy doing an awful lot of things. We are so fortunate that she has the time to be here tonight because she is joining us to discuss a recent writing of hers, How to Be Happy, Really. So welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for taking time to join us tonight. How are you being this evening? I am very happy to be here. I was just going to say, are you happy? (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) You know, it's so funny because from the time we're children, and, you know, you hear that song, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, to the, you know, don't worry, be happy, you know, Right. I, I really didn't like that song so much, to be honest with you. But then there's this recent happy song, which is a huge hit right now. And we're seeing that happiness is permeating all generations. And for a darn good reason, people forget about what happiness is. And the people who are writing the lyrics and are, are putting it to song are attempting, I believe, to provide us with what we need to get back to that place because it's a great place to spend a lot of time. And if we exist in happiness, then life just seems to get better all around, no matter what the circumstances are. And those songs are great, and they're a good way to remind us or ourselves how to be happy. But sometimes that happiness is short-lived. The songs really don't do it so much. So given that, I'm going to ask you, and this I think is kind of a hard question for a lot of people. I've asked a lot of people over the course of the past week. How do you define happiness? Well, you know, happiness is an inside job. You have to yep. feel, I mean, it's as simple as that. You know, some people, when I, with my clients, for instance, I would say, what makes you happy? And so many of them cannot define or even des- describe what gives them happiness. Right. So I have to go what their interests are, you know, what, what do they enjoy doing throughout the day, what, uh, you know, puts a smile on their face. It's very, it's a fleeting thing, but it really is an inside job. And once you get the tools, to help you uh, um, create the happiness that you really deserve, it's, it's there. And you could appreciate it, you know, throughout your day. You know, I'm not saying that there are times when you're not going to be happy, obviously, but in general, if you could keep a, a positive, uplifted, you know, uh, spirited mood, you're going to feel better. And when you feel better, you just do better. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because you can't be happy every minute of every day. I mean, there are people who tell me, well, you're happy all the time, you know, and then there's the other people who say, well, gee, I think you're a bit of a dreamer. And that's okay with me because, you know, girls got to have a dream. But, but I think that they, when they say that, they kind of believe that I'm being unrealistic and I'm not saying, 
I'm happy every single moment of every single day, but for the most part, I am happy. And I have, like we all do, moments of overwhelm, sadness, anger, defeat, whatever it is. But, you know, you learn to get past those pretty quickly so you can get back into that that happiness mode. And you wrote that happiness is a personal experience, and it is. But why do you think or how do we lose that experience of being in a state of happiness somewhere along the way between childhood and being an adult? Yeah, we, we get caught up in the overwhelm. You know, there's so many things going on in our lives as adults. You know, we have, and especially, you know, if, uh, relating to boomers, you know, there's all these challenges of retirement, uh, just aging in general, uh, dealing with their aging parents, um, their adult children, financial woes. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. You know, the sandwich generation. So how can you be happy when you have so many things on your plate? But if you look at people who have had gone through a lot of adversity, you see that, you know, if they get past it, they're, they're happy. And they can be happy if they understand what they're doing to themselves when they're not, when they're focusing on, on all the things that are giving them the distress and anguish. That creates, you know, uh, unhappiness. And who wants to be in that state of mind? So, you know, I, I, I realize that the bottom line with all of this, when you ask somebody, what is it that you really, really, really want? People will say, well, I want to be happy. But it's really not that per se, what they're really saying, and this is what I've come to realize, is that they're looking for peace of mind, because when you have peace of mind, you're feeling good about things, and when you feel good about things, it means that you're okay with your health, you're okay with your relationships, you're okay financially, you're okay with your job, you know, you just wake up in the morning and you have peace of mind, and I think that's what people are really striving for when you call it happiness, it's really this this feeling of peace and contentment and serenity and like, okay, you know, I'm okay, everything is okay. I agree, and I think that they're hungry for this right now. There's a definite, oh, people are so dehydrated, what they need this, they're thirsting for this. It's crazy. They, uh, they're not, there's yeah. so much overwhelm, and they just continue to have one thing pile up on top of the other. And being unhappy takes a lot of work. Mm, it does, yes. Yeah, there's a lot you know, of and so people, when you're unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People don't get it, though, when they're there. They don't get that they're really working at it. Yeah. They're giving their best effort to staying in that place. And why? It's, you know, it's so much easier to, until they get that it's easier to turn it around, you know. But it's getting to that point and having them actually do things to turn around that un, unhappiness feeling, that state of depression they're in. Because look at how many people are, I mean, you know this, how many people are taking drugs for depression? Right. Oh, yeah. I have plenty of clients who are on, you know, antidepressants. Yeah. You know, if if people are just used to being in the state of mind that they're always in and they don't know the difference, and that's why when I ask them, you know, what makes you happy? A lot of people don't know because they're so used to not being happy. So they don't have a <laughs> reference point. And, you know, and it's it's sad, you know, certainly if you have a chemical imbalance, you know, with with depression, you know, it's hard to know what does it feel like to really be happy? I like to, you know, ask people on a scale from 1 to 10, how are you feeling now with 10 being really wonderful, you know, happy and 1 being not. You know, when they tell me a 5, I'm okay with that. You know, that kind of means that they're not mm-hmm. feeling too bad, and but they're not, you know, elated in the manic state perhaps. But, you know, it, I think it's, people are just used to being in what they're used to. You know how we behave because we're used to behaving a certain way? It's the same thing mm-hmm. with our moods. We're just used to being in a state of, of, of mood, you know, a, a certain state of mind. And that state of mind is usually downtrodden and, you know, pity party, depressed, you know, sad. And people are not understanding that you have a choice. And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to give people the tools today so that they could see what are my choices, what can I do to get myself out of this mode that I'm so used to so that I could be, you know, better and feel better. You know, the bottom line is it feels good to feel good. And that's what I always tell my clients, you know. What do you have to do to feel good? I don't know, (laughs) you know, and then then you have to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you know, because I think it's true. You You can get accustomed to anything. You can get used to anything. You can get used to pain and deal to, you know, live with it. You can get used to depression right. and live with it until you really come through and see the other side and say, oh, wait a minute, this feels much better. Even sometimes when you have something like the flu, uh, on day five, six, or seven, you're thinking, oh, I'm back to normal. But it isn't until day 12 or 14 that you think, wait a minute, I thought I was back to normal, but now this is it. 
and you realize, yeah. wow, I really am done with it. You know, it really is crazy mm-hmm. like that. Recently, I was um, asking students questions, and one of the questions was, you know, what is it that, that how do you define happiness? And they had trouble actually defining that. And they said, oh, you know, just being with my friends and, you know, having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, one of the kids, I said, what do you think is the, the biggest thing, that biggest challenge of young people today? And I knew that none of they're 17, 18 years old. I knew that none of them would come up with what I was thinking was the biggest challenge for young people today. And they, most of them were saying trying to get into a college and all that. They were close. But I think the biggest challenge for kids today is handling emotional stress, is handling mm-hmm. their emotions. They have yeah. trouble with that. And they're not going to come up with that. And, and so there's different organizations that actually go into the schools in the area I live in and, and teach happiness courses so that they can figure yeah. out how to get from one state to another. But you have some tools too. So let's talk about those and see what tools do you use when people come into you and, and you realize that we've got to switch them from the negative to the positive. Because to me, staying positive is key in being happy. Mm-hmm. It's not... Yeah, you know, it's what you have to be. It's not like you're in a state of denial because you're trying to be positive and turn things around. You're not saying you're not facing reality and you're not dealing with the actual issues and you won't confront them head on. But it is trying to just, you know, look for that silver lining because there is always one no matter what the circumstances. Absolutely. Uh, You know, I, I tell my clients that everything they do in life should be an act of love for themselves. That's hard for people. I, I want to repeat that. Everything you do mm-hmm. in life should be an act of love for yourself. What that means is that you think of yourself enough to stop compromising yourself for the sake of others. You know, it's all those shoulds and ought to and have to obligations and duties that we have that we kind of do and then we resent doing it. We don't feel good about ourselves. It's these kinds of things that keep people from feeling good. And, you know, you should do things that make you feel good. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do for others, you know, when you have to do things, you know, but I'm saying for the most part, are most of the things you're doing pleasurable for you or are they not? Are you feeling so obligated and and duty-filled that you're just forgetting about yourself and compromising your own welfare and state of mind? So one of the first things I tell, you know, my clients is think about doing things that give you pleasure. It's an act of love for yourself. You know, if you're in a job you hate, you know, you stay there maybe financially, you know, it's convenient, whatever the reasons why you're staying there, but you're not happy. So how is that going to create to your overall happiness if you hate your job? Everything you do in life is an act of your love for yourself, which means that maybe you need to think about changing your job, doing something that you would more, you know, enjoy more. You know, even being in a bad relationship, you know, you're staying because you're secure and, you know, you're comfortable in it even though it's making you unhappy. But it, it should be an act of love to yourself. So people forget. They forget about themselves. They compromise themselves all the time. They forget about how they can make themselves feel good, and that's one of the big problems. They forget about loving themselves, caring for themselves, doing for themselves. You know, it's not a selfish act. It's a, an act of love because the happier you are, the more the happier you're going to be with other people, and people are going to enjoy being with you, and it's going to you kind of, you know, it spreads out geometrically, you know, when you're feeling good. It's so, true, yeah, and every- what's funny is that a, a lot of people think that, you just said it, they think, well, I can't do that, it's selfish, I can't, I have to put everybody, especially women, they're brought up this way. Right. You know, I have right. clients who come in and I'm like, no, you don't, if you don't take care of you, this is the, you know, oxygen mask theory, if you don't take care of you, you can't take care of anyone else. You have right. to take care That's of you. Right. Yeah, but I can't go and do that, I can't, that's just too selfish, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't. And they drill it into themselves, and to me it comes down to they don't really believe they deserve it. That's right. That is the bottom line, that deserving thing. And that's, you know, I wanted to talk about that a little later on because most people, Mm -hmm. when I ask them, do you deserve to be happy? They say, of course I deserve to be happy. And then I say, do you really feel that you deserve to be happy? You know, there's a difference between the thinking and the feeling. They think it, they know it, they, oh, of course I should be happy, but do they feel it? Do they really feel I deserve to be happy and laughing and joyful and content? You know, and there's that dichotomy. It's not... You know, something that people, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. They have to really work it, and that's where they have to learn it. You know, that of course you do deserve it, and absolutely you deserve to be happy. So it's, it's a big um, uh, a learning curve for a lot of people, you know, who are just caught up in that, you know, ho-hum, dreary, unhappy cycle, you know, depressive cycle. 
So, you, and, yeah, it, it's a, people do have to learn it, definitely, how to be And happy. I think it's hard. You know, if they've gone through 30 or 40 or 50 years of, of not doing for themselves because they always had to put, you know, they got married and they had kids, the kids came first, and then now the parents are older and now right. they're doing their caregivers. Caregivers particularly. What is that cricket? I keep hearing it on my computer. <laughs> Somebody made it stop. A cricket, you know. you hearing? <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing. Oh, you can't? Oh, good. All right. It's not on air. That's good. <laughs> it's like a cricket in the computer. I don't know what it means. Oh, I'm like, well, I what's happening it. here? Oh, good. <laughs> but I think sometimes, when, especially when they become caregivers, these caregivers that, that I work with I mean they come in they look exhausted and they are and they Mm -hmm. you know it's really really sad because they don't have any time for them and nobody nobody really takes care of the caregivers you know yeah yeah well that's a whole problem absolutely you know because the the caregivers are going to burn out and then what happens to the people that caring for so yeah they they definitely have to well that's why I say and I'll just repeat it everything you do in life should be an act of love to yourself if you feel that you cannot do the job well, then you need to change it. You know, it's a matter of, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're, you're not following through with a commitment that you had. What it means is you have done what you could, and you just need a change. And the change is not a bad thing. It's going to help you feel better. It's going to help you be more productive, perhaps more motivated. But you need to change whatever it is you're doing that's causing you discomfort, displeasure, dissatisfaction, whatever it is, and do, do it differently. Because you're important, you're significant, and you certainly deserve it. So, yeah, you know, most of my clients are women, and most of the women feel, you know, they're nurturers, they take care of, and they forget, you know, this is, you know, this is their lot in life, they think, and it's, it's definitely not true. You know, they really need That's to true. focus on themselves as an unselfish act to themselves. Yes, because they are just helping everybody else and not taking care of themselves at all. You have some exercises in this paper that you wrote, How to Be Happy Really. Now, that is a paper that you wrote. Is that something that people can actually get their hands on? I have a, a free ebook that I want to offer to everybody. It's, they just have to give me their name and email, and I'll send it to them. It's a, it's, it's a, um, a condensed version of that uh, ebook that you're uh, looking at, but I'll send that mm-hmm. out to them. Uh, yeah, if they just give me their email and, uh, you know, their name. And they just have to go to my website, your, yourbabyboomersnetwork.com, and I'll send it right out to them. So if they're interested in the, in the exercises, I could send those to them. They just have to email me, and I'll send that over to them. Because some of the exercises are really interesting. Are those part of the tools that you use with people? Because, uh, you know, to, to get people to finish the sentences by only using positive statements, sometimes that's hard. People can't, can't do that. Yeah. I do do that with my coaching. You know, as a matter of fact, one of the exercises that I, I give people is uh, to write a dictionary definition of themselves, you know, as if you were reading, you know, looking up a word and, you know, what does the, the word house mean and they give a definition, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I want them to write a definition of themselves using, again, only the positive. So it's very difficult for people. It's, it's amazing how difficult it is. They come up with three or four things and that's it. If I tell them to do the same thing for their partner or a child, they'll come up with pages. So people have a hard time identifying the positive things about themselves, their strengths, their, their, their good aspects. You know, it's easy to identify it in somebody else, but it's very hard. And sometimes they feel that it's, you know, it's being conceited and, you know, too self-centered. But it is an act of love for yourself, and they should, um, you know, focus on that. So I give them that assignment, and they have to sometimes do it several times before they really get a good, solid uh, a statement about who they really are. So it is it, and it definitely it's not, is difficult. Yeah, and it's not. I mean, a lot of people do. I agree with you, especially in, in even being doing the radio show. People send me a bio, and I'll say, okay, can you just send me more stuff, and I'll write your bio, because they don't want to tell yeah. me all the good stuff that they are, and you need Mm -hmm. to put that out there. You know, it's very difficult for people to – now, some people don't have that problem at all, but a lot of people, I wonder, is this – do they think they're being conceited, or is it really a self-esteem issue, and they just, you know, are they shy? What is it that's going on with them? You know, it is hard for people to speak of themselves. Right, right. Well, you know, it, it, of course it is a self-esteem issue. You know, it's, it's confidence. It's, it's difficult for people to, to verbalize, you know, that they're a nice person, they're caring, they're honest, they're sincere, they're, you know, um, cooperative, you know, and all the other adjectives 
You know, but I also tell them, go even deeper than that. You know, what else is there about you that people like? You know, you have a lot of friends. I mean, there's a reason why you have a lot of friends. People like being around you. You want to be, you know, and, and this is what I tell people who don't have friends. I say, you know, what is it about your friends that you like, and do you have those same qualities that your friends have? Because that's why people maybe are not attracted or, you know, to you, you know, because you're not, you don't have those same qualities that you're looking for in a friend. So, you know, you have to, you have to be it to have it. You have to believe it. Mm-hmm. You have to know that you are, yeah, you are, you know, exuding those qualities and characteristics that people really like so that, you know, you do have those, the, you know, the essence of, of uh, you know, a, a good friend and a, a good person. And then you, if you know that, then you could describe yourself as that. It's, it's, it's hard for people to, you know, to personalize these kinds of things where they really could say, this is who I am, and I'm really a terrific person. You know, I really am. And therefore, I feel good about myself. And because I feel good about myself, I'm really happy and satisfied with, with the way my life is going. And I think sometimes it. it is. And I think sometimes it's easier for them. Uh, I noticed one of your exercises, I, I was smiling because when I was reading through, I thought, oh, I like this one. I do this with people a lot because I'll tell them, well, well let's think of things historically. Think of something that wasn't good in your life and then what good came from that because out of everything right. bad, something good comes. And you actually yes. have an exercise that does just that. That's right, yes. Yes, and I, I use that a lot. You know, in my own life, I had a health problem 30-odd years ago when I was pregnant with my first child, and I wound up being diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And at that time, you know, I didn't know anything about anything, any health, you know, I just, you know, one day I'm healthy and the next day I'm not. And so, of course, I was very concerned I was pregnant, and I didn't want to take any drugs and stuff because I was pregnant. So I wound up looking into alternative um, treatments for the Crohn's disease, and I went into a whole health regimen of eating and exercising and doing this and spirituality, and that's what kind of put me on the path that I'm on now. So I look at that. I'm grateful for having had been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And by the way, I haven't had any symptoms or anything over the past 30 years, but no, God bless. I am, yeah, I'm so, but I am grateful for that, that horrible, it was a very traumatic, you know, experience to have when you're pregnant. And I look at it as a, a, a stepping stone to creating a whole new me. Had it not happened, I wouldn't have gone on the path that I'm on now. So I'm grateful. And it's important that people could look at what their past was like and what did they learn from it? What did they get from it? What kind of experience did it, how did it change them? And when you look at things that way, you know, there's always some good that comes from some adversity. I mean, not always, but, you know, there is. And, you know, and people look to find that. You know, there's a, um, um, the swimmer who was paralyzed just recently. She got into this horrible accident. She was at an Olympic. She used four gold star, uh, yep. gold medal. She's paralyzed now, waist down. And you look at her and she's like, I'm going to beat this, I'm going to, you know, overcome this, I'm going to walk again. These are the attitudes that is healthy, you know, she may or may not, but she's going in with the attitude of I can do this, you know, I really can help myself and I want to and I'm going to work this through. And that's basically the kind of attitude I had back then too and still do, you know, that I'm going to overcome this and, you know, change my life and just use it as a a stepping stepping stone, (laughs) to, you know, making me better, you know. And so, yeah, so I use that exercise a lot with my clients to help them realize that adversity does not have to be a bad thing. It's just, you know, nobody wants it. You know, I wouldn't go out and say give it to me. But if it comes, what are you going to do about it? You know, the question to ask yourself is, what what am I, this is what it is, now what am I going to do about it? And that's, you know, rather than saying, oh, my God, how, you know, poor me, and this is it, and, I'm, you know, what, there's nothing I can do. That's a whole different attitude. It doesn't give you that feeling of, you know, I, I, you know a, a forward thinking, you know, a, a, a attitude of being able to accomplish something. So, uh, yeah, it's good to, to help people just to look over their lives and see how they have overcome a lot of stuff, and most people have, you know, whether – whether it's a health issue, whether it's financial issues, relationship issues, whatever it is, they've overcome a lot of stuff. They've come out on the other side. Now, did you take that experience and 
did it change you in a positive way or did it make you angry, resentful, you know, and depressed or whatever? And that's the difference between people who are feeling good and people who aren't. Right. And But they still need to look at the fact and say, you know what, in order to get over something, you have to go through it. And I got through it, and now I'm at the other side. And when they right. really examine and say, what did I learn from it? I mean, you can always find something that came out of it. Always, always, always yeah. something. Because most of the time when it's really bad, it's a life-changing thing. Even relationships, right. even people like, you know, the worst boss in the world has taught you a lesson and you need to be grateful. And that's the other thing that you do too is that the gratitude. I think the gratitude is huge for people mm-hmm. in staying positive because, you know, if, if people have a gratitude practice of any type, and they just can look at that in the awareness level of knowing, okay, I'm stuck in traffic, but I'm grateful that, you know, it's not right. sweltering yeah. 90 degrees out or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, to do something like that. Yeah. It's the, I think it's the little tiny things that add up to the big things. So when it comes to staying positive, because if you let all those little things get to you, forget it. Those are the people you don't want to be around. And I know that from, even for myself, I will stay very much at arm's length from people who are very negative. Like I did not want to be around oh that goodness. person, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and it's funny. And, you know, it's hard to do if you have relatives who are like that. My daughter just came back from New York visiting some relatives, and she says, oh, my God. She says all they did was it was a debate. You know, the husband and wife, all they did was, you know, everything was an argument. Nothing was like a conversation. She says she couldn't stay there for more than it was just one evening, luckily. But, yeah, some people live their lives in constant controversy and debating and arguing. I mean, that's how they live their lives. And like I said in the beginning, they're so used to that. This is their life. This is who they are, and this is what is comfortable for them. But what another thing I tell people is, you need to step out of your comfort zone. You need to step out of what you're used to and step into something else that you're really not used to. Maybe it is uncomfortable, but it may be better. So it's real important to be flexible and, and not just poo-poo, you know, someone makes a suggestion to say, oh, no, I can't do that, but to try it on, you know, see if, it's, if it actually will work and make a difference for you. I mean, my relatives, you know, I have tried, you know, and as a matter of fact, I took, just to go back to the Crohn's disease, I took the medical, the uh, holistic route to help me and heal me. My Mm brother-in-law, who is, who I'm talking about, who's always debating, he also has Crohn's disease, and he took the medical route, not to say that that's wrong, but his experience is totally different than mine. He totally did not, he poo-pooed changing his diet, exercising, all the things that I was doing, and it helped me, and he didn't do it. And now he's, you know, several operations later and having difficulties, you know, over the last 30-odd years that he's had it. So it's a whole different experience. So it's, it's real important to be flexible, to be open and receptive to other ways of thinking because that's what successful, happy people do. They try things differently. If it's, even if things are going well, well, maybe I could do it even better if I do it this way. So it's, it's very important to listen to others, get a new perspective on things. Don't get stuck in the way you are. You know, you're used to something. It hasn't been working, obviously, because you're not happy. So what if you try it another way? What, and see how it feels. That's all, all, that's all you're doing. See how it feels. If it feels better, then you've won. If it doesn't feel better, then go back to the old way. But at least you tried it. Or try a different way. Yeah, I tell people yeah. all the time, please don't dismiss something just because you don't understand it. There is so much out there right. that you don't understand. And then I throw at them and say, how does aspirin work? And they'll look at me and I'll say, do you understand completely how aspirin works? Do you understand how electricity works? How come it's not falling out your wall and, 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 you know, and electrocuting you? How does it work? And they're like, well, no, I don't get it. I just know when I plug something in, it turns on. And I know that when I take aspirin, it works for me. And I'll mm-hmm. say, okay, that's for you. When I take aspirin, it won't touch a toothache. It won't touch a headache. But it will take inflammation if I, if I hurt myself and I, need, and I take an aspirin. It's like, okay, well, now it took that away. How does it now? And they're like, I don't know. How does it know? I said, I don't know. There are very few people on the planet that can answer this question. It's the typical, right. you know, how does aspirin work question. I said, but mm-hmm. what you have to understand is if you, if you just try it to see and not worry about the how, 
just get to the point where it's like, oh, I'm right. going to give it a shot and see because it's worked for others. Don't dismiss it just because you don't understand it. After all, mm-hmm. it was lo- probably not that long ago, maybe 20 years ago, if somebody said to you in 20 years, you're going to be communicating with others through the use of your thumbs, I don't think anyone would have believed them. And yet people are texting <laughs> right. today like crazy. It's true. You know, I use that one all the time. It's like and people do this. I see them doing this all the time. I don't do it. I don't have yeah. a magic phone. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, you know, you would never have believed it. So try not to dismiss yeah. anything. There's too much out there that can that's work. Right. And then if they, you know, I tell people too, always be in a, in a state of learning because you don't mm-hmm. know everything. None of us do. Right. Nobody's like yeah. so smart. They know everything. If we did, we'd be in a different place right now. But you might as well be open to learning, and learning means trying new things. So all of these things mm-hmm. that you offer, all of these tools are great for people because they can learn from them and better mm-hmm. themselves. And one of the things that you also offer is you have a, an e-course called The Joy of Optimism. I'd love to learn right. more about that. Well, <laughs> The Joy of Optimism is a 10-week uh, e-course. And it mm-hmm. just gives, it has exercises, it has all kinds of tools and techniques to help people just as we're talking, you know, it gives them the strategies that they need to use and then exercises to implement it. So it, it kind of gives them the actual tools to help them change how they see their world because it really is, it's all in the attitude. And if you don't believe that it's possible, then it's not going to be possible. I mean, we all know that, you know, I like to believe, I, I, I tell my clients anything is possible, anything. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yep. If it's not possible, you don't know. So anything is really possible. And so the joy of optimism kind of gives you that healing and optimism and helps you grasp, <clears throat> excuse me, grasp the, the tools that you would need to change and to apply so that you too can experience an optimistic, more happy, you know, productive, fulfilled life. So it is available. It's on my website as well. And that's a 10-week course. Now, is it um, once a week for like an hour a week? Are they talking with you? Is it like a webinar or is it strictly on your own? It's strictly on your own. It's, um, you know, a word uh, text. And, you know, mm-hmm. so you just do it at your own, at your own rate. Yeah. Okay. All right. And there's no grading involved or anything. This is something I might want to do. No. No, this is just something. Yeah, this is just something that if you want to change your life, you know, so many people, you know, this is a question I ask a lot of my clients. How much longer do you want to feel the way you're feeling? And, of course, the answer is, oh, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And then the next question is, well, are you ready to do a ch- make a change now? And then they go, well, I can't, you know. So you have to get to the point where you're really willing, willing to make a change. You know, you have to get to the point where I, I've had it, I'm done, I don't want this anymore. I want to feel better. I want to do more and do better. And when you get to that point, then you're ready for the change because otherwise, you know, everybody wants to, you know, yeah, I want to be rich, yeah, I want to be happy, yeah, I want, you know, we all say that, but are you really ready to do the work that you need to do? Mm-hmm. You know, if there, was a, if there was a pill, you know, <laughs> we'd all be taking it, but there isn't. And, and, you know, it, 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 it takes work, it takes commitment, you know, it takes perseverance for sure. You know, I'll go back to the Crohn's disease, you know. I changed my diet. I was eating food combining, you know, not eating, you know, starches with proteins and certain, uh, you know, I cut sugar out, white flour out. I mean, I totally changed my diet. And the reason why I did that is because the nutritionist I was seeing said that you were going to feel better, and that was what I wanted. I was pregnant. I was sick. I didn't want to be sick. So I had a very strong motivation and commitment to feel better, and I did, and I was. And, but I had to work at it. I had to change my diet, and that's not easy to do. So you really have to have a good reason. You know, there has to be a motivation behind why is it, you know, you want to be happy, but are you really willing to do the work for it because it's not going to be an overnight thing. You know, you've been unhappy or depressed or miserable or whatever for so many years, so tomorrow it's not going to change, but you'll be on the road to changing if you implement a lot of the tools that we're talking about today, just working on your attitude and changing your perspective about things and allowing, you know, other um, uh, opinion, you know, ideas to flow and, 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 you know, internalize some of those new ideas so that you do start feeling better. 
I know it works. I know, you know, if you have that commitment and, and desire that you will be successful at it. You know, there are people who are, you look at them and you say, God, they're so happy. They look so happy. They're so successful. Everything seems to go so easily for them. Why? You know, what is it about them that makes them so successful and why can't I be like them? And I suggest, well, mentor them. You know, whatever it is they're doing, copy it. <laughs> Do the same kind right. of thing. Be the same. Yeah, be that kind of person. You know, they, they do possess certain qualities, um, a, a thought patterns that you could a mentor. You know, I mean, you could, you know, copy. And by doing that, you too will just feel better. So it's, you know, the, uh, it, it doesn't just happen. I mean, some people may, you know, it may come easier than others, but it's not, un, it's not impossible for you to be that person as well. It really, happiness is really something that, you know, it is a choice, basically. It really is. It is, and it's unfortunate because, like you said a few minutes ago, you know, if there was a pill, everybody would be taking it. Well, people get fed up, and instead of trying to make the change because it's too much work, it's too much effort, instead, a lot of people do take a pill. I believe its name is Zoloft (laughs) or Xanax or Ativan or whatever they are. Or some people, you know, turn to alcohol. Some people turn to street drugs. It's really, they're looking to that because people want a quick fix and you can't get that at the very beginning of the show you said happiness is an inside job it is and we don't mean taking a pill internally and having that fix you because it won't it's what comes from within and what you need to do Mm -hmm. but unfortunately in our society a lot of people just say oh just you know I mean, the number of people that are on antidepressants it's I don't think I know too many people who are not and that's yeah and they really you know they they don't work you know completely you know, they'll make you feel a little better, but then you have to, that's where the work comes in. You know, that's why I see a lot of them in therapy, you know, as well as I'm coaching a lot of them. You know, people to, to learn, you know, what else do I need to do now? You know, I'm taking this pill, it's making, it's taking the edge off. I feel a little better, but I'm still not, you know, I'm still not feeling great. So what do I have to do? And that's what we talk about and we learn and we, you know, di- and I direct them, you know, to changing what they need to change so that they will feel better. So it really isn't, you know, it isn't, there isn't really a pill, you know, that's going right. to make a, a major difference. But, I mean, the, certainly the pills do help on some, you know, to some degree, but, you know, not completely. So you really do have to do other things, you know, besides take the pill. You know, I, I just want to uh, talk for a, min- uh, a minute about um, how we process what happens to us. You know, there are two kinds of people. There are people, you know, optimists or pessimists. You know, if something mm-hmm. happens, if you have a car accident, and, and, uh, the pessimist would say, oh, I figured, you know, I knew something bad was going to happen today, and they go on and on. The optimist would say, oh, well, thank God nobody was hurt, and, you know, mm-hmm. I'll have to call the insurance company. It's just two different perspectives on the same thing. So it's, it, one thing that, to help in your optimism uh, development and your happiness development is to look at how you look at the world are you generally a pessimist? Do you look at things, you know, half empty, or do you look at things as half full? Are things, things could be worse kind of attitude is a better attitude to have than, oh, my God, look what happened to me, poor me. So, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, you've got to look at your self-talk. You know, what are you telling yourself? You know, and how often do you tell yourself terrible things? I'm stupid. I don't know anything. I can't get anything right. I, I always mess up. Or, well, sometimes I, you know, make a mistake. I'll do better next time. Or, you know, I I, I may be stupid when it comes to, you know, computers. But I'll ask somebody who knows more than me. You know, I know other things. You know, it's that different uh, framework of what you tell yourself. So you have to really stop yourself. If you keep telling yourself all these things that you can't and I'm no good and I never and it's always this way, you know, and change the, the verbiage, really. You know, change what you tell yourself so that you're not, you know, in this pity party mode and, you know, telling yourself all these horrible things, which, you know, probably are not really true, but just this is what you're used to telling yourself. So it's it's just another thing that I work on with my clients to help them uh, re uh, well take control of their lives in a more positive way. You know, there was a movie that was out with Jennifer Garner in it, and it was about a couple who were trying to have a baby, and then one day a kid walked in and was grown out of the garden. 
I don't remember the name oh, of the movie. Yeah. Do you know what movie you're talking yeah. about? I, and I, it, I okay, the movie. so I never saw it though. Yeah. I, lo- I I really loved the trailers to it. I don't know that I saw the whole thing, but I love the trailers to it because in the movie, the little kid like hits a softball or whatever game he's playing. I don't know what sport it was. And the coach looks at him and said, what are you doing? He says, I can only get better. And I thought, I love that line. And I've been using it ever since because I always will say to people, hey, I'm a work in progress. I'm still working. You know, and I'm doing better. I'm doing better when things come up. And I was recently working on something and somebody said, T, you didn't do this right. And I said, well, I thought this this is how we're supposed to check people in. What do you mean? They said, no, you have to do that. And they said, now you have to go back and do it. And I said, well, that's okay. I'll learn from it. I can only get better. And they're like, oh, my God, why are you always so positive? And I thought, because you have to be, or else you're going to be like, oh, I'm so stupid, I did this wrong, and now I have to do it all, and you're you're being very negative. And negativity just increases your cortisol levels, which means now you're going to be stressed, which means now you're going to have some kind of disease manifest in your body because stress is the number one cause of everything out there. So really, for people to, yeah, to just try, it's a vicious circle, you know, and just Mm -hmm. to try Mm -hmm. to be, in this place of positivity, oh my gosh, it's just so much better for everyone. Now, I know you have uh, some techniques that you offer. Is there one in particular that stands out? Or let's say, is there one that somebody could use right now? Let's say they're in, a, in some kind of a st- stressful situation or just life itself, and they can use in the present moment to shift them from, you know, being upset, sad, negative, whatever it is, to a more happy mm-hmm. place. Well, you know, it's very simple and it's free. And what it is is check in to your sense of humor. You know, you have to look at life a little lighter. You know, things are not always as bad as they may seem. I mean, they may be bad, but there is humor to find in every adversity, everything that's going on. So to see how, what, what's, your, what's your sense of humor like? Are you, do you take life too seriously? And this is something you can do right now. I always suggest to my clients, Watch comedies on TV, shut the news off, you know what the news is yeah. like. And, you know, watch yep. comedies, you know, silly comedies. Watch funny movies, you know, read, um, you know, go online and there's, you know, the animal videos or baby videos where you're laughing and you're enjoying because humor or laughter feels good, you know, and it's therapeutic. So if you laugh, you're going to massage the insides of your body you know, your liver, your kidneys, you know, because it's a hearty laugh and you really, you know, and it feels good. Who feels bad while they're laughing? You really can. <laughs> so it's something that anybody could do right now is to search out things that, that will bring humor and laughter to them because it really is very therapeutic. It's physically therapeutic. It's emotionally therapeutic. If you could laugh 15 times a day, it's going to do your, your heart and your mind good you know it boosts the immune system it's going to keep you healthier you know I, I've had clients where I say to them have you laughed today and they would say no and it saddens me because you know why not you know is there anything that would bring a smile to your face you know even a smile is better than not laughing or smiling at all you know I mean smile so yeah I think that's the best thing that anybody could do right now is to really search out those things that would just put a smile on your face I spend hours, well, not hours, but I spend some time daily, you know, looking at the the animal videos because they're they're so funny and they're so cute. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and just, you know, watching the old honeymooners on TV or, um, you know, Modern Family, you know, any of the the comedies, because it just feels good to laugh. Uh, The news is depressing. I do watch the news, you know, uh, flippantly. And it is depressing. There's a lot of things going on that it's, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't be aware, but certainly part of your day needs to be in fun and frivolity, you know, just having a good time. And I always suggest people have a period throughout the day, sometime during the day, to play, to enjoy yourself. Even if you're 87 years old, you know, listen to music if you enjoy that, dance if you enjoy that, sing. Do something that's going to be playful and childlike because it's healthy and it makes you feel good, and that's what we're talking about today, feeling good because that, you feel good, you feel happy. That, those are two great tips, actually, because anybody can probably go online and check YouTube videos for their favorite comedian and see something, some kind of a trailer or yes. some 
small snippet and find something and laugh. I know I love that show, The Big Bang Theory. I laugh every time. Yeah, Even if I've seen it 20 <laughs> times, I love that show. <laughs> I, like, I love Sheldon because I think it, there really yeah, are people like Sheldon out there. This is hysterical, you know, yes. and he doesn't even know yes. it. That's the funny part, yeah. you know, but <laughs> I think that's a great, that's a really great tip to, to try to laugh because you should, you know, you should laugh every day. You should have some kind of sexual interaction every day and people are like, you can't have sex every day. It's like, no, I'm not saying have sex every day. I'm saying have intimacy every day. Have love every day. Right. That's what you need to right. do to survive. We're human. We need to have love and touch every day. If you're not mm-hmm. kissing your partner for 10 seconds at some point during the day, as far as I'm concerned, you, you know, it's kind of like, well, that's just a waste. You, you know, what are you doing? You need to let that person know that you still love them and they still love you, and that really makes a connection, and you can go on from that, mm-hmm. and you can get over things, and you will be happy because, you you know, you, there's somebody you love. And I love the idea of the looking for laughter or just even smiling. Even if you go for a walk and you see, like you said, the animals. I have a lot of animals around me, and the, the, there's a bunny, mother bunny, that chases one of her baby bunnies around and I swear the baby does this on purpose and then she takes the baby and she puts it in in the hole and then the other baby uh-huh. comes out and looks at the mama and the mama's sitting there and then that baby starts to run and you can almost see the, the mother bunny go oh god here we go again until she finally gets them to bed at night and then the two older right. bunnies so I'm thinking it's the husband and wife come out and they're probably chit-chatting about you know those kids are driving me crazy you know and it just does make you smile it is funny it makes you yeah. smile and that's a really, really good one. I like that one a lot. You know, we are almost mm-hmm. at the top of the hour, but before we say goodbye, Amy, I would love it if you would tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and your work and, you know, which websites you – I know you have a couple of websites, so which one you would prefer they go to to find out more about you. Okay. <clears throat> well, thank you, T. Um, they could go to your Baby Boomers Network, and that's boomers with an S, dot com, and they'll be able to just – Put, give me their name and email, and I'll send them out this uh, um, ebook on happiness, so they'll have that. They'll also be part of the Baby Boomers Network. Uh, even if they're not Baby Boomers, the articles that are on the, um, uh, in the, uh, on the site and that they'll be receiving are really for anybody. They're all inspirational articles dealing with just the challenges that we all face in life. Uh, I, I do focus on boomers, but I, I, I have younger people who are uh, on the um, part of the network. So it's really good information. There's also my other products, and I do do individual coaching, if anybody is interested in that. Uh, you know, I just want to end, you know, uh, you've heard this before, I'm sure. You know, happiness is a journey. It's not a destination. I don't want anybody to waste time waiting to be happy, the time to be happy is really now, and the place to be happy is really here. So people need to, you know, understand that it is a choice, and they need to make that choice right now. Don't wait. I mean, this is it. So I hope people uh, get that, and they, they do make a change right now. I hope so, too. This was a great show. Thank you again, Amy. I really appreciate you sharing your time with all of us here and your expertise and your knowledge. It was wonderful to have you join us on Energy Awareness Radio tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Ah, So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I have to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link to this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead and get your calendar out and make a note of it now so that you don't forget to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year, including upcoming Crystal Singing Bowl concerts. And if you're not in the area or you can't make a concert, you can order my CD, Imagine, from my site as well. 
Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, Key Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a very happy and safe 4th of July. Have a great week. And remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
Just one voice singing in the darkness. All it takes is one voice singing so they hear what's on your mind. And when you look around, you'll find there's more than one voice singing. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.